White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence, ActonWall23 on Twitter. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox. 312-566-8727 is the way you can leave us a voice message, or LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Without any further ado, it is Chris. Chris, how's your evening? I got to tell you... We uh, fired up the uh, the big green egg for only the second time since mm. I bought it a couple months back, and uh, we attempted to make homemade pizzas. Got the fresh okay. fresh pizza dough. Um, it went about as well as the Saturday Sunday games did for the White Sox. I mean, they were edible, uh, and the fact that the games were watchable but barely, um, yeah. Yeah, um, it was fine. But uh, spent some time outside, and uh, the, the summer days are just uh, they're 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 just peeling off the calendar here. So we have to enjoy it regardless. But we're brought to you today. By Locked On MLB, join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a quick, 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 unique look at both the majors past <laughs> and present, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from Locked On MLB's network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Locked On MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, yeah, it's been a disastrous start. You did not hear Herb's false starts uh, at the beginning of the show. Nope. We, we had to restart the show, and then here I am already off the really just uh, off the tracks here as we get this thing started here. So uh, we begin with uh, with you and I, Herb, uh, on Friday's show. Oh, people were so happy at that Friday show, late Friday night show. They get up Saturday morning. The show's right there for them. Or even maybe they're staying up late on a Friday night. They can enjoy our profanity-ridden post-game show. Uh, that you can't get on your NBC Sports Chicago or anywhere else, you know. So you get that quickly after the game ends, and we sat here talking about how, at least I did, it was a statement game for the White Sox, and it was a great win, and uh, it was it was great to come out in game one of a three-game set in Tampa and just really show those Rays who's boss and to show them that, you know, you are the best team in the American League, damn it. And then the other two games had to happen, and uh, we are going to plow through this one the best we can here. Uh, you know, yeah. I I would I would be mad, but I don't think the Sox are trying to win. <laughs> um, they, everything that they're saying is let's just put a pin in this right now. August twenty third, everyone's talking about resting guys and health, rightfully so. But let's mm-hmm. check in a month from now and see where this team is. Because right now, I, be- I believe the uh, the Cleveland baseball team is going to hold on here. It's late. But let's say, you know, the, the lead is down to, what, nine and a half then uh, if on Monday morning, I think, here. So depending if, if Cleveland holds on or not. So let's check in with this conversation about resting everyone and getting the starters all spaced out and things like that. Let's, let's put a pin in that, revisit it a month from now because, you know, I, I'm not a fan of – of just acting like the division's already wrapped up. Now, I'm not saying everyone should be going 100% full tilt every game, you know, but I guess the, the Sox are just trying to get themselves to some of these off days they have up, have after this Cubs series here. And, you know, 
it doesn't seem like they're too concerned about the way this series transpired, especially the 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 rubber match here on Sunday, the nine nothing curb stomping mm-hmm. here. Um, but where do you want to start here, Herb? Saturday or Sunday? You you could take this any different number of ways. Wherever you you feel like the number one thing that stuck out to you. Uh, over the the course of the Saturday Sunday games, and you know we we should have just we should have known after I mean, Friday. <laughs> yeah, it's a common thing with both games. The lack of Tim Anderson. There's no Tim Anderson. Bingo. The White Sox look hapless, especially offensively. Tim has a special type of leadership slash like depend. They have dependency on him for what his energy, what he does as a professional baseball player. It's what people talk about with the MVP. Is it the best player in the league or is it, Hey, without this guy, this team isn't the team that it is. And we've seen it time and time again. I don't know what the numbers are. I think Tim's hit 14 home runs this year. 13 of them have been in wins, only one in a loss. So you see the difference between Tim in the lineup, Tim not in the lineup, and the team probably feels that way. The Rays are a really good team, too, so let's not take anything away from them. But talk, tell me that team isn't different on Friday than the teams that showed up on Saturday and Sunday. You can't. Yeah, and you know when you have Cesar Hernandez up there in the leadoff spot, it's a big mm. difference, and he's not hitting – uh, lately either here after getting off to a, to a hot offensive start really both offensively and defensively and he's cooled off a bit here and immediately there he is in the leadoff spot I, I don't understand that but it is what it is but yeah you're dead on about the Tim Anderson thing it's the Tim Anderson difference we like to call it around these parts and you know you, you saw it between Friday and, and contrasting it with Saturday Sunday's games you know the, the race team I'll say this I don't it doesn't really change the way I feel about the Sox versus the Rays in the, the the scope of which team is better, deeper, you know, you know, which team do I think will go to the World Series? Like I picked the White Sox before the Eloy injury, and I'm, I'm holding to that. But you can see now why teams have a problem going down to Tampa late in the season and in the postseason and winning games there. It's just something about that vibe down there where it's it's just lifeless enough. And you saw with Dallas Keuchel, that infield plays fast enough, and all of a sudden these little ground balls get through holes and odd bounces off, off of bases, and you lose a ball or two in the in the roof, you know, things dinging off the catwalk up there. It's an odd place to play. So in that regard, I'm glad the Sox got this out of the way and, and got their ass whooping and uh, said, please, sir, may I have another? So, you know, that, that is, you, that's the one good thing you could take away from the series. Is they, they did get experience of what it's like to play down there, and Saturday's game was, was there for you, but then a few odd things happened there. We'll get to that in a second. But it doesn't change the way I feel about the White Sox versus the Rays, but it does kind of change the, the way I feel about home field advantage. So if these two teams are likely to square off, it'll likely be in the ALCS, right? So a lot of times in a seven-game series, home field advantage doesn't mean a whole lot, but I think in this case it could uh, it could swing things a little bit. So that's just something to keep an eye out on because that's one of the things going into the series where I was looking at is like, okay, well, if the Sox can go in, take two out of three, you know, they can kind of keep the pace with Tampa in terms of the best record in the American League, and of course they were not able to do that, and they fall behind a bit. But what you saw with these Rays here – you know, they're a well-balanced lineup. They've got some depth. They can throw out their Sunday lineup, and it still beat you, and they can bullpen you to death. And they mm-hmm. caught – Sox had caught a break with Chris Archer uh, exiting that game early, but then you just saw 
that bullpen come out and boy now you see that Tampa Bay model why they do things the way they do and it, it reminded me a lot Herb of that Brewer series with the right-handed pitchers coming in with a lot of sliders a lot of cut fastballs you know starting in on a right-handed hitter and ending up in the left-handed batter's box that gives the White Sox some problems you know then you you have the funky arm angles on some of these guys from the right-handed side you know they get the velocity high up like they, they have great control these guys down in the Tampa bullpen. So you see why it was uh, problematic for the White Sox. So I think it's important they get that home field advantage, uh, you know, not at the expense of, of, you know, resting their guys. But, you know, if, if they visit again later in October and, you know, we're wondering why, you know, we have a repeat of 2008 where the Sox can't win a game in Tampa, uh, that's what it is right there. So I don't, I don't know if it changes anything, you know, how you feel about, the, about these two teams, but uh, it certainly does not for me. Just a bad weekend. Yeah, very bad weekend. It's one of those games that we've talked about numerous times that you're going to lose those games. You're going to have no focus. You're going to have, uh, as Gordon Beckham brought up, things are going to go the other team's way. They're going to catch the brakes on bloopers over the top and airs and opportunities. And that was today or on Sunday's game. But we all know that the White Sox and the Tampa Bay Rays, I think, they match up well. I would not want to play them until the ALCS, and I think that would probably be the only scenario. Yeah, I hope so. I but, hope another team knocks them out. And, you, and I, I don't like playing the game of, like, who would you rather play? Who would you pick? I, I'm not picking anyone because you never know how that team got there. Like, you have some team come in white hot, knock off the Rays, and you're like, oh, I don't want to play the Yankees. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's weird. Like, you can't ask for or pick a team to play. But, yeah. It, you, but you, they're there every year. Yep. Like, you don't know why. I mean, you know why because they draft well and they develop well. And like you were talking about, the bullpen might be their strongest part. They've used 33 pitchers in their bullpen because of how many injuries they've had to their pitching staff alone. 16, I believe, on the IL this year. And everybody just comes in. And it's some guy you've never heard of. Anderson, a couple of years ago, it's Yarbrough. It's this guy. It's that guy. These no-name all-stars on the Rays just come in and do the job today. Conley, Mazza, Fleming. Who? I think I've heard of Adam Conley back with the Marlins, but otherwise, before today's game, did you hear about Armstrong or Mazza or Fleming? Like, no. The other day, Shaqua, whatever his name is, and uh, Kitridge. Just a bunch of guys, names, that just get the job done. And I know the ERAs on these guys who came in today are not great, but did they look like a five ERA guy? Did Armstrong look like a seven ERA guy? No. Yeah, and uh, I I vote the fact that they were changing caps on the White Sox hitters yesterday. I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, I think it was Mazza came out with the tr- traditional TB cap and all the other guys were wearing their throwback hats. So, you know, a little little sleight of hand there, you know, a little deception. That's part of what they do. They wear different hats. They've always done so. Uh, that's part of the Tampa Bay Rays way. You know, they, 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 they don't spend money, they draft well, and they change their hats every inning. It's just what they do. It's a winning and model. They kill, and they kill the devil. <laughs> they do, yeah. No more devil. Or the devils. Ah! Um, Tony called me. He dropped a devil ray in the post game show yesterday. Oh. I, I appreciated that very much. He called him the D. He called him the D backs, and then he went ahead and said, "Sorry, devil rays." Like, no, you're still wrong. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he's a Tampa Bay native. What the hell? I know. We'll circle back to Dallas Keuchel's lackluster outing on Saturday next here on Locked On White Sox. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Molecule Mattress. Friends, you ever wonder what it's like to share a bed with a Pro Bowl quarterback, an Olympic swimmer? and a national women's soccer star? Oh, I bet you have. 
Let me explain though. Those are just some of the many athletes who are sleeping on a molecule mattress and they've called it their best sleep ever. But hey, I'm no athlete. I'm just a podcaster. I am a bit of a hot sleeper, tend to toss and turn, sometimes wake up with a stiff neck. Well now, molecule sleep scientists literally created the world's most perfect mattress. It's unlike any other mattress in a box. It's cool to the touch, not like other foam mattresses. It has six times the airflow of my old mattress, so it keeps me cool all night long. It has zone reflex layers which adjust to you in all your weird sleeping positions so you never awaken with a stiff neck or sore back and best of all it's antimicrobial molecule mattress is how elite athletes sleep and now you can sleep just like them and get the best sleep ever sleep on your molecule mattress risk-free for 100 nights and if you don't love your deepest most restorative sleep ever return it visit on molecule.com and save 20 percent with our promo code locked on again save 20 percent with our promo code locked on at onmolecule.com that's onmolecule.com promo code locked on one of the things that I think people had uh, the most uh, anxiety about this weekend was on Saturday, a Dallas Keuchel start. Now let's let's get to that here uh, quickly before we move on and, uh, and circle back around to Sunday and some of the things here. Some of the, there are some positives here, but you, you look back, Herb, at uh, at Saturday's start from Dallas Keuchel, and it's more of the same. You know, he goes five innings, nine hits, six runs. They were all earned, two walks, just three strikeouts. And Dallas, after the game, you know, he doesn't have any answers here, but here's basically uh, what he could pin all this on. Well, I mean, I, I look back at the pitches, and and I did a little bit when I came out just because, I mean, anytime you see nine hits on the board, it's, it's a little weird. So um, I'm outside of outside of the, the double by, by Lau in the first inning, I mean, I'm not taking anything back. So my pitch-making ability is, is still there. It's just – Bad luck here, a ground ball there, and, and just that's the way it's going. So, you know, there are times I, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm doing my job better than the than the box score dictates. So it, that's that's really what I chalk it up to. Is I mean, can't really pinpoint one or two things. It's just uh, it's just a, a couple bad luck plays. Uh, ball hits the bag, multiple starts. I mean, it's just. I haven't seen that ever. So there's a lot of things I haven't seen in this game and, uh, you know, until this year. But I mean, if you were to ask me before the game how I felt, I would have said amazing. And I would have thought that I'd gone out there and done a lot better than I did. But, you know, six ground ball singles and a couple runs later, it's six to two, eight to four in the ninth. And we got a loss. So got to be better. I don't know what he meant by that when he, you know, he sees things this year that he's never seen before I don't know what he what he was alluding to there but the whole thing when it when a pitcher says that you know uh, I, I felt like a, you know I pitched better than what the box score indicated sometimes that's oftentimes what you hear from guys that are on the way to being done I'm not so sure if that's the case with Dallas Keuchel are you buying any of this stuff that he was just sort of the hard luck loser on Saturday and where's your uh, your level of panic effort for Dallas Keuchel here down the stretch He's been pitching pretty much the same way for a minute. You know, we've had a couple good starts in between here, but for the most part, I think uh, out of the last 11 starts, only like two of them have been, all right, we got it. We got the Dallas Keiko that we understood. And I hear what he's saying. A lot of these weren't hard hit balls. They were on the ground, but it's Tampa. We know the infield plays fast. We know that's their game where get the bat on ball, 
and let's do some work on the bases. Um, yeah, that ball hitting third base and going over Yon's head, flukish. You can just throw your hands up and say, "Hey, what the hell? We, you know, we had a we had an out right there. Inning would have been over." But those things happen, and also when you pitch the contact, those are the things that can be out there. So that's his game. He should know that no matter what, he's got to get people out. The other teams, Patino got the White Sox out. So Dallas excuses are, you know, kind of weird when you're pitching not well in your last 11 starts. Like he's probably feels that he is the weak link of the whole rotation right now. So he's looking for results that are better than what he's seeing. And I might go with him a little bit. Like he didn't get hit hard, really. Did you think he get hit hard on uh, Saturday? No, no, not not at all. Um, There's a bunch of hits, and sometimes that just they just fall in. Yeah, and that's the that's what happens when you when you're working with a guy in Keuchel who survives on on contact and putting the ball in play. Sometimes he can come back to bite you, and that's why I say in a postseason series it can be pretty devastating to to think about something like that. You know, like where especially on the road, like maybe at home. In Chicago, on on a colder day, I'd be comfortable with him going out there and doing his thing. But I don't know necessarily if that's something I'd want to see in a postseason series. Like I would rather, you know, uh, I think. What do you think? As you know, what we'll talk, we'll touch base on this uh, later on in the week when we do a mailbag. Um, But we'll just leave it at that for now, and we'll talk about Dallas Keuchel more in depth later on in the week. Um, There was a guy that took the bump on Sunday who continued his his path of of some solid outings here that's Ronaldo Lopez he pitches just four innings six hits three runs they were all earned four strikeouts uh, season ERA up to 186 not a bad outing for Ronaldo but again like Keuchel before him just the fact that Ronaldo was out there and take the bump and you look at the guys they rolled out there on Sunday Lopez Crochet Ruiz and Burr they were able to get some rest for some of these other guys there. And just because, you know, Ronaldo takes the ball, he's able to afford some rest here for Carlos Rodon, who we'll get to in a second here. But I thought Lopez was pretty decent. Um, you know, it's again, you're not going to win any games if you don't score any runs. So I, I think if, if you would have had some runs on the board for Ronaldo, maybe he, you can rock with him a little bit longer in that game. And maybe you're you're talking about a situation where like, hey, look at Ronaldo holding them down. You know they they were tied when he left the game or whatever. But when you don't score any runs, it's not going to do anything for you. So Ethan Katz did talk about Ronaldo and sort of what has he seen from Ronaldo um, that has led to this improvement. And I thought this was interesting because it sounds familiar. Um, I mean the tempo in his delivery, um, he's going after guys. The stuff is um, up right now. Um, so I mean it, it's. He's getting after guys. He's really confident. Um, having a confident pitcher on the mound, um, you know, says a lot. It really trumps the hitter and, and him being able to go out there and pitch confidently, knowing how well his fastball and slider are, along with his other stuff, is is huge. Um, so it's, you know, he continues that. He's going to continue to have the success he has. So it's not always added a pitch. We moved him to the other side of the rubber. You know, we ch- we messed with his mechanics and stuff, stuff like that. We had him in there. Uh, in the pitch lab. No, it's all the things that we've been talking about with Ronaldo. Pitching with confidence, pitching with pace, and Ethan Katz sees the same. So, you know, I just I, I really uh, appreciate the work that Ronaldo Lopez has done of late, and I think he's solidified himself a spot here 
um, you know, at least the rest of the way here until the playoff, you know, until the rosters expand a bit here. But I think he may have a fit here uh, on this roster, maybe in the postseason. What do you think? I'm just trying to figure out where it's at. Um, that first series, I don't think there's any way in the ALDS that he's on the postseason roster. I'm just thinking you probably only need three starters there and right. you take one of those starters, uh, the extra starter to probably be a bullpen guy. Uh, you already have Hendricks, Kimbrell, uh, I'm not crochet. You have, uh, Michael Kopech trying to think of other right-handers Ruiz. Tapera. Yeah. Tapera Ruiz. Ruiz. You know, these are all right-handed relievers in the bullpen and they probably, I mean, I don't know where Jace Fry's health is at. Yeah. And so they probably need another lefty reliever. So that's the spot. Do you have Dallas Keiko to go to the bullpen or do you have uh, Dylan Cease to go to the bullpen? So I don't know. I think in that shakeout, Ronaldo doesn't make it. But if we need to expand the rosters, ALCS style, yeah, I think maybe he can make it in that um round of playoffs well even so whether or not he's on the playoff roster or not then i know that just thinking ahead probably way too far for a a lot of you guys out there but you know the fact that he's probably going to stick around here and he's going to be able to afford the luxury of giving other guys some rest which i think is huge like he can still keep taking the ball every five days and i know they have some off days here coming up where they can maneuver these things but that that is valuable in itself that he can take the ball like that and give guys rest, you know, because he's, he's slid in for Rodon here. Maybe he can slide in for uh, Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn may, you know, get all up in, in Ethan Katz's face and call him a slap bleep de bleep bleep bleep. Uh, so, you know, who knows if that's on his uh, agenda to get rest for Lance Lynn, but he's there for you. And, uh, and, you know, I have no reason to believe why Ronaldo should be uh, sent back down, at least in the interim. I think he's got an opportunity here to, to keep building on that, stretch him out a little bit. And, you know, that's going to be a valuable commodity here is having your starters rested. And uh, Ronaldo stepped up in a big-time spot here. But uh, other things this weekend, you know, Sunday, just not many scoring opportunities. I think they had one decent opportunity while the game was was, was still uh, sort of uh, in limbo. You know, they, they get, you know, Eloy singles and then Moncada doubles with two outs. And then Vaughn gets himself a 3-1 count. Swung at a really solid pitcher's pitch on for three two, and then ultimately he strikes out, and and that's that's like that was you know that was definitely a game where go out to the garage or finish off your errands to type of game, but you know uh, that that's it about, about that series right there. You know that, that's all I got. There, there's not not many positives from that series other than Friday, as you saw what the Sox look like when they're operating to their fullest potential with Tim Anderson out there and, and all that but Eloy did not have a great series and and Moncada after the home run on Friday uh not a great series whatsoever you know you need some run producers to step up when Tim Anderson's not in that lineup man that's that's my other big takeaway like you know Tim doesn't he, he can't hit all the time that's too much for the guy to put on his shoulders you know you you finally taken some weight off of Abreu with Eloy but when Tim's not out there all of a sudden everyone's kind of just like oh like they 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 just still out of place out there so back to circling back to your point earlier I think that's dead on so yeah they're 61 and 43 when Tim Anderson plays a game 11 and 10 when he doesn't so one game over 500 when he's not in the game and 18 games over 500 when he is so that's that's the clue right there guys that tim we all knew that he's the straw for the offense but he might be the whole thing for the pitching staff to feel better 
Yeah. Maybe Dallas Keuchel feels a little, little listless, you know, while Danny Mendick did an all right job. I would think I would rather have Tim Anderson covering those uh, ground balls, especially in Tampa Bay where they go a little faster and Tim can handle it a little better than Danny Mendick. So, yeah, I can. I was really pissed that they rested Tim and then come to find out that he's a little bit sore. So uh, I was like, all right, so he's just getting that extra rest. So he's good for the, the stretch drive down there. So I was fine with him being out on Saturday because he was off on Sunday. I would have been apoplectic if he was off on Saturday <laughs> where he already had a day off on Thursday and then came back and played on Sunday. So yeah. we understood that Tony was getting his uh, star a little bit extra rest. He's back in the lineup le- later on tonight and he looks fresh and the team looks better. I'm fine with that. So we'll preview the next series here next here on Locked on a White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survival contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks for new customers only when signing up and using our promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season bet online your online sportsbook experts and do not forget our promo code locked on when you sign up bet online your online sportsbook experts this episode of locked on white Sox is brought to you by built bar built bar it's the best tasting protein bar ever little health and fitness update here i am down 24 pounds i'm so close to hitting that 25 pound mark and it's all thanks to built bar well not all of it but without built bars how would i ever be able to have delicious healthy snacks that prevent me from falling off and having stuff like cookies and cake stuff that's bad for you loaded with sugar but with built bar i have a healthy option here i even take them on vacation they're so great and they've got a new flavor out now rocky road it's got marshmallow and almond they're on builtbar.com now but you got to act fast sign up for the email and text alerts like i did so you don't miss these new flavors when they drop and right now if you go to builtbar.com they've got some great flavors up there along with rocky road you've got orange strawberry coconut mint brownie salted caramel raspberry double chocolate cookies and cream and even cherry barcia all great flavors i was able to snatch up german chocolate with my last order i still got a few of those left i'm kind of hoarding them but they're one of my favorites as well and built bars as you know always packed with protein 17 grams of protein in most and only 130 to 180 calories depending on the bar you get but best of all only four and a half grams of sugar how amazing is that it's all the great taste but without the guilt and right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can get yourself a free gift. And right now, when you go to Built.com, you can use our promo code LOCKED15, and that's going to get you 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Betting on the White Sox doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. 
Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. All right, so the Sox head up to Toronto for a four-game series with the Blue Jays. Tonight, Lance Lynn takes the bump 10-3 and with a 2-2-6 against Alec Manoa, 5-2 with a 3-3-4. Tuesday, Cease versus Barrios. Uh, we get to see him in a Blue Jays uniform. And then Giolito and Robbie Ray in his tight pants. Not looking forward to that one. And uh, Wednesday is a day game. Uh, it's uh, Ryu versus TBD. And all signs point to maybe Carlos Rodon coming back in that one. So there should be an interesting series here. Uh, but, you know, you look at the last week uh, heading into this series here against Toronto. You know, you go 4-3 and three against the A's and the Rays. And I think you'd be okay with that, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just uh you know, it's a it's a a test. We had this gauntlet that we went through with the with the Yankees, A's, Rays, and overall, even though you didn't look great in those in Yankee slash Rays game, I think when teams are matched up, I feel a little bit better that the White Sox are on that level. And yes, the record with teams over five hundred isn't great, but this last week, I was like, all right, I'm encouraged more than I'm discouraged about their play versus uh, superior teams or supposedly superior teams. All right, so we'll be back tomorrow. Show post set midnight, uh, unless the game's still going on, which I don't anticipate that being a thing because these are 6.07 local starts. I like that. That is a positive I can take here is hopefully these recaps will be done. Uh, by and they're t- back in Toronto, too. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, uh, Miguel Cabrera – Hit his 500th home run there yesterday in Toronto. So, yeah, man, uh, Sox and Blue Jays. And, uh, you know, just this part of the schedule is relentless, but it does ease up a bit with the Cubs coming to town at the end of the week here. So, uh, you know, all is still well. We'll we'll, we'll see. We got got Big Bastard on the bump tonight, so that should be a fun one. We'll break it all down here tomorrow. But that's all I got today, Herb. That is Chris Tannehill, at Chris Tannehill, to follow him on Twitter. Me, Actonwall23. And the show is at Locked On Socks 312-566-8727 or Locked On Socks at gmail.com. For Chris, I'm Herb. Thank you for listening to Locked On Socks.